Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key is out, and we have a lot to say about it on this exciting episode of Kingdom Hearts Union! Hi everyone, and welcome to the 94th episode of Kingdom Hearts Union. I'm your host, Brandon, and I'm here with Churro! Hey guys! How's it going, man? I'm just tired. Tired. Ain't that the truth, right. man? But we we have we've been playing something, a certain game that came out surprise. Oh, Dark Souls three. <laughs> yep, exactly. Yeah. That is another game that that is another game that sort of fits that bill. I haven't been playing Dark Souls three. Don't get you don't don't get any crazy ideas, you guys. Uh, I'm not that skilled at video games. But uh, anyway. For you new folks, Kingdom Hearts Union is part of the podcast series called Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union and is presented by the Gaming Union Network. We release every Tuesday, rotating each week with Final Fantasy Union, and we come out on the iTunes store, KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, and Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. Alrighty, we have a three-segment show today. First, we have news. Second, we have our featured discussion, which is our Kingdom Hearts key impressions well specifically unchained key and we have finally our question segment in the way of announcements as always you guys can support us on patreon at patreon.com slash union. just pledge a dollar and get access to a special podcast be called called please be excited which is an awesome show and it's just for patreon supporters you can support us on any 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 level on patreon as long as it's at least a dollar and you get access to a whole nother show uh, our Patreon executive producers for this episode are Christian Burge, we have William Trengrove, who is at Varnish the Azure, Tiger Crane, who is at Poo Milkshake, we have Barry Norton, who is at Nortron Zero, Skylar Loveless, uh, Josh McNabb, who is at JKK9, we have Nico Gonzalez, who is at NickNack95, uh, or at Nick underscore Knack95. We have uh, Clay Kilo, who is uh, at, at Super Nendo. We have uh, Michael Graham, Chris Vallant, who is at Moosehead Studios. Harley Crawley, who is at Dark, Dark ZT Okami. We have Peter Lamb, uh, Thorin Bullen, and Churro, if you could take these last ones. We have uh, Alex Troutman at Akira Namjin. Manny Franks at Like underscore Peyton. Keith Field at the mighty Keith, Billy Jackson at underscore Billy Jackson, Mike Shirley Donnelly at Curious Quail, Joni Oja at Diacor for Life, Muhammad Quayam, Genesis Alejandro at June Juni Juni Seven, Zelda Clone at a pest. That's a hard one. It's at a pesty novel. At a pesty pen novels. A pesty pen novels. Wow, that's a that's a confusing one. That's you confusing. <laughs> but we appreciate and, your support, Zelda clone. And the last one is Zachar, Zach, Zachary Zachary McAllister. Yeah, <laughs> sorry, Zacharia Zachary McAllister. Let's Zacharia McAllister. Oh man, yeah. see that's how and, tired we are, guys. Yeah, I, I, I need more sleep. <laughs> And on top of that, we just have so many uh, Patreon supporters now. We su- we greatly appreciate your support. You know, everything you guys do help us get yes. better on all the shows we produce. Final Thank Fantasy you guys so King much Martin. for your support. And, you know, we really appreciate it. Exactly. And uh, be a part of the show. Please send us your questions. Do questions at gmail.com. We appreciate it when you guys uh, let us know what you guys want us to talk about on the show. really helps us figure out what you guys like, and then we can make content that you guys like, and then you'll want to listen to it, and you'll love us, and we'll love you. That's you know, It's all about love at the end of the day, because this is Kingdom Hearts Union. And speaking of Kingdom Hearts Union, the Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive Stream. We go live every other Saturday at 7 p.m. Eastern Daylight Time. Our next Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive Stream is this Saturday, April 23rd which is the same week the podcast released, which, and you can find us on uh, Twitch at Twitch. Uh, so it's going to be Twitch TV slash KH Union. So please go there, follow us. That way you'll be notified 
when we go live. We're currently playing Kingdom Hearts Final Mix, and I will say, not to hype us up too much, but our next Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream, we are playing Hollow Bastion from Kingdom Ooh. Hearts Final Mix. All of it. We are playing all of Hollow Bastion first and second visit. We're going to knock out Hollow Bastion. I don't know how long the stream's going to be, but we're going to do all of it on the next Kingdom Hearts Union Deep Dive stream. It, you know, if you guys know us on the Deep Dive stream, we do a lot of story analysis. You do not want to miss this one because this part of the story is the most critical and fun fact written by uh, Kasujike Nojima, uh, who at the time was coming off of uh, finishing up writing for Final Fantasy X, and Nomura was like, hey, want to help? And Nojima's like, yep. Don't worry, I'll write you the best world you've ever had. And you know what? He did. So uh, you definitely don't want to miss that. We're going to have a lot of great analysis. And plus, it's an awesome world, awesome cutscenes, awesome story. And that pretty much wraps up on our announcement. So let's move on to the news. Yay, we actually have news this time. We actually have news this time, like for real news, not uh, anniversaries. But our first bit of news... Surprise! Kingdom Hearts Union or Kingdom, Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. I'm so used to KHU standing for Kingdom Hearts Union, but right. Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key released in North America on April 7th. Yeah, it's out now on iOS and Android. So if you guys want it, go go to your Get app it. store. Free. Go to your app store of choice, as long as it's on there, uh, and download it because it's free. And uh, also, currently, there is no word on a European release yet, but which is you know. very, very strange because usually sh- they would announce it like right after a North American version. Yeah. So here's here's the deal. Here's the deal, and part of this relates to why it took so long for the North American version to come out. Uh, when it comes to localization, localizing for North America is super easy. Because it's one language. It's English. Localizing for Europe, you have to deal with five languages. They call it uh, E-Figs. Uh, English, French, Italian, German, and Spanish. So um, so basically, the work that had to be put in for North America is basically, since they've already done English, is multiplied by four when they go to Europe because they literally have to do all of the work that they did for the North American version four more times. So that's why it's not day and date. Um, Usually companies will just do e-figs and they'll just call that their international version and they'll do it all in one shot. But I don't know, I guess they just didn't have the bandwidth to do all that, especially considering uh, a certain Final Fantasy 15 is probably taking up all their localizers right now because I'm sure that's a big game. So uh, maybe and, maybe after Final Fantasy and, 15, or maybe sooner, hopefully sooner. I hope and you guys don't that, have to wait. Uh, Kingdom Hearts, you know, there's a lot of been there's been a lot of like localization uh, controversy when it comes to other games when some countries don't get it in their home language. Exactly, exactly. They, but they only get it like subtitled, and you know, it's it's just you know, lo- localization is not an easy thing. Some people like I've seen people say, "Oh, you know, it should be easy to localize. It shouldn't take that long." I'm like, uh, how? No. If you've ever done localization, <laughs> you would realize that translating from one language to another with different, you know, how you know, like wor- like you know, nouns or pronouns and adverbs and putting all that from one language to another, especially when you're translating from a a language that has a very different root origin that to another language that is very different so japanese to english is not very straightforward a lot of it does not directly translate you need to have a really talented translator that most likely has spent time in japan because they can't just know the language they need to know the culture behind the language they need to understand innuendos they need to know japanese to a native degree and not just the language but the culture around it so they can actually understand what it's about so yeah i can totally understand that the good that said now that we have english the other localizations will be easier for that same reason because while japanese to english is a challenge english to french and english to spanish and english to german that isn't as bad because English and all those other languages have the same root meaning or root language, which is Latin. So that's not as bad. So the biggest, hardest 
transition has already been done so the good news is i don't think it should take as long because translating from english to those languages not as bad and there's probably a lot more uh there's probably a lot more english to spanish and english to french and english to german english to italian translators available than there are japanese to german or japanese to uh spanish you know there's probably a lot less of those so that's the good news now that we have english it should all be downhill from there other good news is Hey, if you speak English and you and you could read English, you can just make a you know North American iTunes account and just download it and play it now. Which I'm or, sure most of, you I'm sure can, a lot of people are doing that. Yeah, or on Android, you can just you know download the APK file and just silo it into your device and they'll still run it. Yeah, yeah. So there's there's lots of different ways of uh, of handling that so long as you speak English. Uh, moving on from that, something interesting. Kingdom Hearts Key, the web version that was only released in Japan, is terminating its service. <gasps> oh my god! Is this churro? Is this like uh, is this like a uh, Final Fantasy fourteen one type of situation? Is Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key, uh, you know, a Realm Reborn? Is that is that what's going on here? Is do we know? It could even? be. I mean, either that or they're getting close to the end of the story of key yeah so you're saying something interesting before that we have talked i think we've talked about on the podcast how kingdom hearts key and kingdom hearts unchained key nomura has gone on in the past and said they aren't exactly the same and and you know what sort of things has nomura been saying regarding the differences has he said anything specific yet uh not really things specific he's just more like you know they're similar but not the same you know, you'll well, tell you the, one difference. And he says that Unchained, when you, key, Unchained key isn't going to end in September. So, no. yeah, just because that's so, a difference. Because so, some people have gotten confused about that. So it's not yeah. Unchained key. It's the regular key for uh, for browsers that was only available in Japanese. The mobile mm-hmm. game is still be available to play. It's just that um, Namara has always stated that you know Unchained the un, the meaning of Unchained key is you know has its own meaning than Kingdom Hearts Key. So he's he stated that, you know, once, you know, we get to specific, you know, quest lines in the games, you'll understand start understanding the difference of the meanings and Exactly. And, um, and without spoiling anything because, you know, I don't like spoiling people things, from what I've read in the current key timeline that it's, you know, we're starting solely to unravel the mystery of what Kingdom Hearts Key and Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key meanings are. So exactly, you know, it, it could be a we'll possibility for that. We'll find out in September. So only five months from now. Exactly. So very interesting. I find it interesting that, you know, if they're going to end it with a bang, it's ending around the time Final Fantasy 15 is coming out. So I hope they position it more early in September and not when September ends as uh as that one band said, Green Day. <laughs> yep. Save, save it for early September. Uh uh Nomura cuz I don't think it's a good idea to get in the way of your uh your old game that you're working on. Oh. Oh. I hate I hate, go I, there. Hate, I, hate, I I I tried not to but sorry the opening presented itself. So anyway, speaking of Kingdom Hearts Key, we've both been playing it uh to varying degrees and I figured for our feature discussion, which by the way, that that's our transition. We're moving on to our feature discussion. For our feature discussion, we're going to be talking about our impressions of Kingdom Hearts Unchained Key. Now, I will say for myself, I have not played uh, what I would consider a representative amount of the game, or a very large amount of the game. I haven't encountered mo- pretty much any of the main story yet. But this is not a talk- review. Yeah, this is not a review. These are just impressions based off of a few hours of, uh, of gameplay. Uh, and Churro, Churro, you're farther than me. I'm about... A mission twenty five twenty six. Where are you in Kingdom Hearts Unchained? Fifty two, fifty three. Like I haven't had a chance to play. Like I've been swamped with work, and like I yeah. already had. I like like a lot of my friends already at Quest two hundred, which is the maximum amount right now. Okay, so, so currently I, there's about two hundred, and I'm about an eighth of the way through the game or through the main plot, because obviously there are also special quests which are constantly coming out. Which are just like, you know, throwaway quests that you can just do for various reasons, like collecting items. Like yesterday, it was like for collecting, uh, I don't know, different, what are those coin thingy called with the characters on it? Those little badges? Medals. Or medals, there you go. 
there was one yesterday for collecting metals and I'm yeah, still getting used to the yeah, terminology. Pretty, pretty much the way Unchained Key is set up is that every day of the week there's something for for uh, specific, you know, record like like a quest. Like exactly like one day it could if be you've, for if power. you've ever played if you've ever played an MMO, it's equivalent to what they would call dailies. You know, these yes, are your daily exactly. quests. Like one day is for power, one day is for speed, one day is for magic. Then weekends is like you know evolving metals only. So basically, in the one of the key things in order to really get good at Unchinky is to plan out your entire week. Exactly. If you want to strengthen your character, do it that way. That really hits on a point I want to talk about in a bit. But let's first talk about something uh, less controversial. (laughs) Let's talk about the battle system, which I think is actually pretty interesting. I, I never played the original key. But I thought the battle system the battle system really surprised me because to me what it feels like and you can you know agree or disagree with me I think this feels kind of like a cross between the chain of memories battle system and the like a, a traditional turn based like Final Fantasy kind of a battle system like it's some weird mix in between that it's a turn based battle system but it's also a little bit like chain of memories of course uh, because uh, key use chain of memories card system so they kind of exactly adapted it from there so i i would say it's you know very similar uh and and something that i do like is that it's you know there there's a delineation between two different styles of actual physical play which you don't get on the on like a traditional controller so there's two different main types of attack well actually three three different main types of attack so you've got your tapping which which attacks one whoever your targeted enemy is you've got uh swiping which attacks all enemies but for not as good damage and then there's uh swiping metals which gives you a uh you know a special attack uh but those can only be used uh if you have enough of the of a certain gauge yeah you have your True. I forgot what it's called. It's like a, it's like a, it's kind of like the drive gauge in Kingdom Hearts two. But each, each, basically, each metal has a number on it, and uh, you can have a maximum of nine of these gauges. And to begin so, with. exactly to begin with. So if you have a metal that requires uh, two, two gauges, and you swipe it, that attack will go off, and then the uh, gauge will decrease to uh, a seven. So you'll have seven gauges left. So uh, you can't. So that's basically designed there, so you're not constantly spamming these special attacks, which I was doing at the very beginning because I didn't. That's, I didn't even I notice did. that gauge. I didn't even notice that gauge was there. That's like, what I did in the Japanese version because, like, I don't know what to like. I can't read Japanese, so basically, I'm exactly. just spamming it. So, Churro, what do you what do you think about the battle system? How do you think it feels? And since you played both Key and Unchained Key, how do you think they compare? Uh, well, Chi was was really. I, I didn't like Chi or Key's regular one because, you know, it's way the the car system is, you know, just too much for at the time. At least Nomura put Unchained Key's battle system more, you know, into perspective and how would it work on a mobile device and him using the metal system makes it a lot better. It makes it more easy to pick up and use you know it's very easy very simple um you also forgot to mention that it all the attacks you know are like a rock rock paper scissors type yes where you have one for um power you have speed and then you have magic and each one has a strength over the other so it's you know and um basically you know you can't be really i mean there's some metals out there you know they that are definitely overpowered you know, but like you're like you always have to plan out your your um your medals in advance in order to to take on a quest. You know that's you know you know that's required for it. You know, so it's exactly. not like kind you're of, just kind of like in Chain of Memories how you know before a boss fight you would prepare your deck. You know, you would prepare your deck in advance for the type of attacks you would want to do. But this is a lot more simplified, and I do appreciate that because I felt with the deck system in, in uh. In Chain of Memories, I always felt concerned with limiting myself with, you know, certain things and like, oh, you know, I want to do a special attack, but I don't want to run out of cards and like, 
like at, by the end of the battle i don't i don't have too many cards left and it's like oh man that's like I, I like this better because you know the you can always grind and try to get more of your gauge back so you can do more uh more attacks so i think that's really good and uh something i really like that i do appreciate is that when planning out the battle system for these touchscreens, they actually made it specifically for the touchscreen to take advantage of the touchscreen. You know, the fact that these devices can tell the difference between a tap and a swipe. That's two different kind of attacks. So I think from a sensory standpoint, you know, it provides a very uh, appealing way to play. You know, that's not something that you can do on a controller. There isn't, you know... I mean, technically, on, like, older consoles, like the PlayStation 3, there were different ways to press a button. Like, you could, like, the uh, the face buttons actually did have pressure sensitivity, but the face buttons are so small that it's really hard, especially if you played any Metal Gear games, it's really hard to tell the difference between, did I tap it or did I, like, slowly press it? Like, it's such a pain to deal with that difference, but there's a really big difference between a tap and a swipe. You know, so I like the feeling of the tapping and the swiping. Um, now, as far as other things in the battle system, I, I I will say that what I don't like is how how simple how simple it is. I feel sort of limits it in a certain way because when you when you go to on a mission that is very easy, it really does just boil down to a swipe fest or a tap fest. You know, there really isn't that much. <laughs> Kind of like strategy a, too. Kind of like a button mashing. Like yeah, it is. It is kind of like a button mash, and I feel like uh, some something that it does miss that I would kind of wish to see more of is because it does take from a turn-based system, but it doesn't totally take from it. You're missing out a lot on the strategy side of things. Yeah, I cause, feel. Cause- because basically, like the only strategy you have is just planning out. You know, you either attack or you you t- either attack with your main thing. You either, you t- either attack with a special ability, a metal ability, or you attack with a swipe or you attack with a tap. And when it comes with the tapping or the swiping, it's not really like there's a really obvious choice. There, like either you're attacking a lot of people at once, so you're going to swipe. Or you're only attacking one guy, so you're only going to tap. You know, there isn't... It's not really much of an interesting game design choice. It's more of a calculation. You know, there is an obvious right answer. There is only one right answer. And, you know, because there isn't isn't more variation in the battle system, you know, like other commands, for example, like for other different special attacks that aren't tied to the medals, because there isn't something like that, you know your choices are very black and white there isn't like a lot of room for deviation your main choices when you when it comes to playing the game comes from oh can i rush through to the end boss or should i fight some more guys or should i save up my my uh my meter for these metal attacks should i save it up for the end boss or can i use it now because i kind of need it now if i want to finish this in one turn so it's like yeah, I personally um, don't feel like there's enough choice, in my opinion. Don't, well, I mean, that's only because of, you know, it's only limited with the touch screen, so it's not like you have a choice. But the thing, thing that it gets, because uh, when you first start out a new mission or a new world, you get, because um, each enemy is, you know, like I said, it's follows the same structure as your attacks. You know, either they're magic based, yeah. power based, or speed based. And once you, once you, figure out you know each enemy's type then you know yeah. then you're then you know what to expect from these you know what to prepare for but the the main uh, problematic with the with the uh keyblade is that you're only limited to in the beginning three metals and then as you evolve your keyblade you go up to five metals per yeah. keyblade and each keyblade has its own you know qual uh qual- um has its own specialty like like um the the keyblade that you the starlight keyblade is more overall balanced and then the next keyblade you get the treasure trove is more power based and then there's one for speed and then magic based so it's really the only strategy you get is depending on like because like when I mean, even though we're going to talk about this in the next you know part when you choose your mission um mm-hmm. it tells you the target enemy's type but then when yes. you actually initiate the quest like there are other enemies on the on the screen and 
they're all different types. So you have to really, that's your only strategy is planning out what metals to take and, or which keyblade to use specifically for that quest. That's like your only, like, planning strategy. Yeah, yeah exactly. strategy. And that's, that's the other thing is that, uh, that I wanted to touch on is that the strategy element comes before you go on the mission. There isn't much strategy once you're already there. There's not, you know, cause, uh, you know, correct me if I'm wrong, because I don't know, because uh, from what I understood, you would pick your, you know, you pick your Keyblade based off of what the target Heartless, you know, what his, you know, his or her, or it, rather, they're, they're not gendered, but uh, you, you pick your, you pick your Keyblade based on what that target Heartless strength is, and then you go in, and then you find, like, find out, oops, there's a bunch of Heartless here that I'm not good against, Oh man. I guess I'll just have to fight him. You know, there's not... I, I wish there was more stuff strategically that you could do once you're already in the mission. So even if you kind of screwed up or even if, you know, it wasn't what you expected, that you can kind of bring it back because you have a better strategy, another way of taking it. So uh, I, so I, I would say, more or less, I think there's good things about the battle system. I would say the way it feels to play is awesome. It feels awesome. I love the way that you tap and you swipe. That feels great. Uh, but I wish there was more strategy to it uh, and not be so mindless once you're in the mission because I feel like before the mission, I'm thinking a lot. And then once I'm in the mission, I like I go dead. My, I'm going yeah. dead because it's like I'm tapping, I'm swiping, I'll kill everybody, and I'll look for all the uh, places where I can get treasure. And that's it. <laughs> You know, it's it's a, as simple as that. So moving along, I want to talk about the mission structure because uh, that is something that does make this very different from prior Kingdom Hearts games is the fact that it is very much mission-based. Um, it's similar in a way to uh, 358 in the way that, it, you know, you do have missions, but I feel like these missions are maybe less important yeah, it's <laughs> than more even like... the ones in 358. <laughs> It's it's pretty much the same story over, over and over, and over, and over exactly. And over. So that's that's something I wanted to get at is this game may not be for everyone, and I'll be honest with you, I'm the kind of person that it's not for because I have very little patience for repetition. Uh, I have very little patience for things that don't have a lot of story hooks to them, and these these have like barely any story hooks to them uh churro you were telling me like you have to go like every hundred missions is when you basically get an actual story like an no, actual major I part mean, of the story every hundred is like kind of too much but like once you get to like the hundred they get a hundredth quest line that's when it starts picking up and okay to me it just feels like because like every mission like basically you like if you're entering you're new helping world, people you're helping you know the disney character a disney character exactly. and it's like but it takes like 10 to 15 missions to actually complete that world yeah and it's like it's like oh like what you're you doing got, it, you gotta lead happy through the mines okay yeah, here's the it, first mission yeah, the first here's mission the is mission. one part the, and the then first 15, mission is one 15 part of the missions nine. later 15 missions later oh wow thanks for getting me through those mines yeah <sighs> it's like because one mission is like one part of the mine and then another mission is the other part of the mine and then the third one says part of the mine and then it just and then it's like a few more later then you're finally at the end of the mine the story you know that of that place and you're like man you know like in, in like in the real setting you can actually accomplish that in like two missions but then they have to really spread they it out they have to pad it out it, a lot make yeah. it make the you know the, the 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 play value a lot more you know like something that could have been done in like two missions you know it takes about 10 exactly yeah, so that's the one thing that i can't really you know, it's it, it's bad enough for me to actually keep doing that. You know, the same missions over and over again. But like, man, this it's sometimes like it kind of puts me off. Like when I'm playing, like like when I get the urge to play, mm-hmm. it's like I'm playing, I'm playing, and then I'm like, God, man, it's just same old stuff. It's just like over just and like, over and over again. Yeah, it's it's tough. I really do like the battle system, but yeah, the mission structure is definitely one thing that puts me off of Kingdom Hearts Key, and I don't think. Like, for for example, I don't think this is, like, not for certain people because, you know, clearly this works for 
Some games, like for example Destiny or The Division, those types of games are actually very similar to this, where there are these sort of mindless missions that you come in and you grind. Like, I feel like this game is really good for the kind of people that, I mean, this is going to sound bad, but that's just because it's coming from me and my perspective. But if you like playing games where you make the number go up and you collect loot, this is this is a great game for you. Because there's a lot of loot to get, and there's a lot of numbers to make go higher. That's I don't know what the all of them thing, mean. Because what makes people want to keep playing is the ranking system. Because exactly. you can make, you can create parties, and your party can climb up the boards. And there's also a little coliseum, which is another mm-hmm. ranking system. And then players, player, you know, your your player, your character themselves have its own ranking. So at the each, at the each, I think it's like each week. Um, mm-hmm. there's like a, a tally to see how, which, which union collected the most lux during that period. And then they'll do like the top five characters of that, you know, of your union. They'll like, they'll do like a little, little parade where they're like running across the screen and you have the top five. And it's like, it's just something to keep people playing. And, and honestly, you know, like, I mean, like, yeah, the ranking system, you know, is neat. But like, to me, it's like, I've seen a lot of people obsess over it. And, and like some, I've seen people make parties only for like level, like some people say like, oh, level 60 plus only, you must have, you know, you know, at least one six star medal. And it's all like, I'm like, well, damn, it's almost like, cause it, it, cause like I said, that's like the MMO quality this game has. Mm-hmm. So it's like, you know, you, some people will have that eliteness to them, you know, they feel mm-hmm. like you need to be like on my level in order to participate in this party. I'm yeah. like, dude, what? Like, that's one of the things that put me off of. Even though I played, you know, Final Fantasy XI and Final Fantasy XIV, it's like that's one yeah. of the things I don't that puts me off of playing them. It's exactly. This, you know, having this, you know, I don't like to say an ego, but like this ego of having the best or the, you know, the number one, you know, team and you know the server. It's like, you know, it's like I don't, I don't like seeing it that way. It's like if I play the game, I play the game that the rate I want to play. You know. Exactly. So something that I think is kind of tied into that, which as someone who is a uh, aspiring game designer, kind of puts me off something that I personally don't like. And this is not to say this is something that only Square does. In fact, I would say most mobile game companies do this. In fact, 99% of the mobile games you'll find do this. But it's something that I'm really against personally. And this is just me. But I really don't like free to play games. In a normal Kingdom Hearts game, what do you do? You know, you go to your your GameStop, you go on Amazon, you go on the PSN, maybe in the future, if if they ever get them on there, and you go somewhere and you buy the game. You pay them $50 back in the day, now it'll be $60. You give them your $60 and you're giving your game, you play your game. In a free-to-play game, this is the way it works. You download the game and you're playing the game and you can see if you agree with me, the game is designed in a way that is sort of against you. It's designed against you, kind of how arcades were back in the day. Because they the want goal you to put of the, my money into it. Exactly. The goal of the game is, if you're if you're really thinking, because this is a business, the goal of the game as a business, as a product, is to get you to put money into the game. That is the goal of the game. So, in my opinion, the way that makes me feel as a game player, a gamer, is that I feel like I'm at odds with the game design. I'm at odds with the game designer. I can only truly be serviced well by the game designer if I put this money in. I prefer an experience where I put in my money in advance. I will give you Square. I will give you this $60 of my money, and I want you to take me on the right of my life. So I'm going to strap in, um, you know, put you, give you my 60 bucks, and I want to play this multi-million dollar RPG that is this amazing experience that is, you know, that's really going to knock my socks off. And when I start that game, I, I don't have in the back of my mind that the game designer is at odds with me trying to get me to put more money into this. Uh, in my mind, I see the game designer as my ally. I've already given them my money. So I know that their job in this relationship is to make me happy and to make me excited and to 
give me the most enjoyable experience I can possibly have. Whereas in a free-to-play game, I didn't give them money, so technically, I owe them. And they will try to make me feel like I owe them. Because they'll make it harder to get the kinds of medals that I need. You know, they'll make it more randomized. They'll, you know, they'll put in all these features to get me addicted to it. So I keep coming back to it. Especially when it has its own end game currency, which in this case is called jewels. Exactly. And then exactly. they, and then you can spend and those And they give jewels. you rewards. They yeah. give you rewards for signing in every day. And, you know, there's all these different systems and all these different numbers and bells and whistles that are going off and giving you endorphins that are releasing in your brain. Um, you know, and this is also good. This is going to get like I'm about to get a step deeper into game design theory. But this is something uh, in psychology that they call a Skinner box. And for the, I'll give you the quick version of the Skinner box. The Skinner box was this experiment where this uh, psychologist Skinner put a bird into a box and put a button in there. And when that button pressed, he would basically change the way the button works. So in certain experiments, every time the the bird pressed the button, it, the bird would get a treat and basically get food. And in another experiment, when the bird pressed the button, the bird would get a randomized treat, meaning. Uh, sometimes when you press the button, it'll give you a treat, and then sometimes it won't. And it's completely random when, when it comes up. And he wanted to see which of these options would make the bird press the button the most. If you think psychologically speaking, in the case where the bird always gets a treat, the bird only pressed it as, as much as it needed to to get full and then didn't press it anymore. But in the random case, the bird is pressing it like a maniac, because it doesn't know when it's going to get a treat. So it just keeps pressing and pressing and pressing and pressing and tries to get the treats to come out and try to get the treats to come out and try to get the medals and try to make the number go up and try to get up the ranking and try to get... Uh, I'm moving back into Kingdom Hearts now, but that's basically the idea. This, to me, feels like a Skinner box. This feels to me like I'm being manipulated, that they're trying to put all these like flashy lights and numbers going up and... You know, there's not a lot of substance here. It's a it's a lot of it's a lot of randomization. It's basically a casino. They just they're trying to make me happy. They're trying to associate make me associate a happy feeling with this thing, so I keep putting money into it. I don't like that feeling and I, you know, it makes sound like I'm bashing Square for this. I'm not. You know, Square is not the people that invented this. I don't think they're the. I don't think they're the problem. I think free to play games. I have. I have a phys- philosophical opposition to them as a prospective game designer because I don't like the way they treat their players, and I don't like. Uh, I don't like the way they they handle the medium. I would prefer that there's no smoke and mirrors at all. This is a product. I, I'll give you the money for the product and just make me happy. Just, you know, give me the entertainment that I want because I'm giving you this money, not, you know, this weird smoke and mirror situation where sometimes I give you money and sometimes I get a treat and sometimes I give it's you money. It's pretty much and, pay to win or pay to, pay to upgrade or yeah. pay to get better. It's like there's really no, like, 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 like what we were saying about strategy. Yes. It's like you, you know, you put the in-game money to draw random medals and some you might get lucky and get a, a five star yes. medal or a six star medal. But the problem is, is that the five and six star medals may not be the one you want. They might be a, a medal that isn't really that great. Exactly. So you're stuck so, with this five, So six what do you have to do? You, you have to put like in more money and, and more money to spin keep playing. the slots again, you know? And again, I, I just want to reiterate this my criticism of free to play games is a criticism of free to play games, not specifically Kingdom Hearts Key. I actually kind of enjoyed my time with Kingdom Hearts on Chinki. I think there's actually some really interesting ideas in there. And from what I know about the story, not that I even accessed any of the good stuff, I liked it. I like what I've seen of the story, and I think it's very interesting. But this is definitely not my kind of game. And it, But it was interesting to explore it. So I think that pretty much wraps up uh, what what I think we should talk about on Unchained Key, at least for now, until we play some more. I'll play it some more. I refuse to put any money into it, even though, uh, you know, the Kingdom Hearts staff does yeah, deserve that's it. Yeah, that's why my medals aren't that great yeah. here, because it's like, I, I, tried, I did the draw once or twice, and I'm like, you know what? Um, this is not worth. This is like me putting money into a casino. It's like I'm not like like I'm not a gambler either. Exactly. So like, and, and to on me, top it's just of like, that, I rather this is play the, with what I got. This is the kind of casino where you you don't even get money out of it. <laughs> you don't even win any money. You're putting in cause and and you're putting money into a slot machine that just shows you pretty pictures at the end of the day. 
<laughs> exactly. <laughs> so that, that, exactly that makes it even right. worse than a slot machine. At least in a slot machine, sometimes you make some of that money back. So anyway, let's move on. We're moving on to our question segments. Our questions for this episode come from, oh and and just so you know if you guys have any other questions any questions maybe you have some questions about kingdom hearts key maybe you have some interesting uh different perspective on it and maybe you want us to talk about uh some of this stuff uh please send us your questions to khuquestions at gmail.com if you have anything like that anyway so moving along our first question comes from bloom 4815 and bloom asks if kingdom hearts 3 could exit could have any any song under the sun as its theme song, and that is to say a song that already exists, what would you want it to be and why? And just, just for clarification, I think, I think what they're getting at is kind of, kind of ties into how Final Fantasy 15 has Stand By Me as their main theme. So, you know, Chura, what song, any song under the sun, as long as it already exists, what song would you want to be the Kingdom Hearts 3 theme song? If you could just pick one out of nowhere that already exists. Just one? Because I have a you couple. You can pick a couple, yeah. But they're what would they're, your, they're mainly, what would your top one be, What would your top one be, though? My top one would be uh, by Simon and Garfunkel. That sound of silence. Uh. Mainly because <laughs> the whole intro is just... Hello, darkness, smile. Maybe, friend. maybe that'll be I for the uh, the secret uh, Riku opening that nobody knows about. That'll that'll be right? that'll be Riku singing it. <laughs> but then the one after that would be just a joke one because you know it's, it's by Europe. It's called the Final Countdown. Oh yeah, because it's like everybody's been counting. That would be like that would be the perfect like song for like the launch trailer. <laughs> it's the final <laughs> countdown, and then just like actually have a countdown in the trailer. That'd right? be great. Oh man! You, do you have? But other than that, like, like personally, like I don't know. Like the weird thing about Kingdom Hearts is that it's hard to find a song that fits. You know, it's meaning. Yeah, like, it's so unique. It's yeah. It's like because like Stand by Me, you know, for it fits perfectly because Stand by Me is like, like the the quintessential road movie in Japan. So obviously, it's going to relate to the movie Stand by Me, which relates to the song Stand by Me, like. I'm sure Nomura listened to Stand By Me a lot when he was originally coming up with, with Final Fantasy XV, but with Kingdom Hearts, it's like, what? <laughs> like, the closest thing you could probably pick are Disney songs, but that would be weird because why would you give preference to one Disney movie over another and make that song the theme song? Like, it wouldn't make any sense. Exactly. It's it's. I mean, it's hard to put in, like, because you know how... You know, even though Utada Hikaru was, you know, born and raised in New York and is fluent in English and Japanese, you know, her songs have more of a, you know, J-poppy feel to it. Yeah. Like, it would be weird to put in, like, an Americanized, you know, or different, you know, I mean, I don't know much about any other music besides, you know, what, what you know, is played in the top 40 here. Yeah. But yet, you know, like, if you, like, I don't have Japanese, like, songs from, like, you know anime shows at the top of my head i mean those can work fine yeah. but yet it would be kind of hard to really take an american sized song as a theme song for kingdom hearts and take it seriously yeah I, I would say if i had if i had to pick one i would say my number one and Chiro, you're gonna roll your eyes because you're once once you once you hear what it is you're instantly gonna know why I would pick Final Distance by Yutari Hikaru because that was the one they kept rumoring was the Kingdom Hearts 2 uh, opening theme for the longest time. But So there's that. But if I had to pick... Wait, 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 wait. Where'd you hear that That from? was like, like I that never was heard that such rumor. an old rumor back in the day. That was like on Ansem Report. That was on your website What's... too, not... Was 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 that? I mean, well, well that's why I know, it was a crap. I, I it was a crap rumor, obviously, because that song was older than that was older than Hikari. But people were like looking for uh looking for songs, and there was like a report on Answer Report. I heard a rumor that uh, Final Distance is, could be the the new the new song for Kingdom Hearts Two. Something like that. I don't know. It was dumb. Oh, just so some random, some random user that just signed up. To exactly. The basically, just came out of the room, just like what everybody does. Exactly. Today. That's that's basically what it yeah, was. But yeah. I, no wonder I didn't really pay much. It's not to worth it. Because it. I thought it was. It, just... it was dumb. But it's a good song. I really like Final Destins. And but if I had to pick like an Americanized song, I would pick uh, Total Eclipse of the Heart by Bonnie Tyler. <laughs> I think that would be a good one. I, 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 
I, I love that's, that song, so I kind of get what you say with that. You know what? And here's how I would envision it working. This is Kyrie singing it about Sora. How you know, you know, Sora's never coming around, and then Sora's like, he, he turn always leaves around, her. bright eyes. Every now and then I fall apart, and then like poor Kyrie. So basically, Kyrie's this lover that's neglected by Sora, jerk. He's always out having fun, and then and then Sora's right behind him. Turn around, Kyrie, bright eyes. I'm here now. I mean, it, it's weird because when you look back at like, say, for example. Final Fantasy Thirteen, yeah. and you hear "My Hands" by Leona Lewis. It that that song really didn't fit what the it overall did not theme fit of all. Final Fantasy Thirteen was. Yeah, you know. But then when you get into um, "New World" by Charisse for Final Fantasy Thirteen too, yes. that had a you know more connected meaning with the game than "My Hands." So to me, "My Hands" was like a weird randomized <sighs> selection. They, yeah, you know? it really seemed like they made no point in choosing the song other than hey we need a song that's uh popular uh by a popular artist to put on this album it'll be a good tie-in it'll make it really popular with those guys in the west we need mainstream audience we need mainstream appeal and i feel that's the same reason why they picked florence and the machine to do stand by me for final fantasy 15 but at least in that case it makes sense that song fits with final fantasy 15 yeah, because like, because I mean, they they with Leona Lewis, they had her do like I think they did they had her do a commercial too yeah. when the game was out. Yeah, exactly. And, and then Leona Lewis talking about Final Fantasy Thirteen, ugh. it's just, ugh. it's just, it it didn't fit with that's, anything. Like when you look at uh, New World, New World was created yes. for the game. Exactly. Like I think that if you take a like uh, if you take a song that's already been made for like a like a you know American nice song. It, use it as a theme song for a japanese game it's not gonna fit well like as long as it's like created for it then it has a chance to make it yeah. work you know in the case example of new world and um, and i think i think like, the fact that simple clean and and uh, sanctuary yeah, exactly i think the fact that because kingdom hearts already has a major tie-in wink wink it's disney i think it would just be really really bizarre to have another major tie-in that's completely out of nowhere that isn't related to disney or to square enix it would be really weird to just have that randomly out of nowhere to like oh and the new theme song is uh helena from my chemical romance you guys like that right and it's like um why are you putting that in there don't we already have disney isn't that enough street cred for the mainstream media like it just feels weird so i don't i don't think it would work really but yeah, you, you you've got our so picks. So overall my Yeah, so overall my feeling is, you know, a song that already exists will not fit. But creating a song for something probably has a better chance of Yeah, fitting. because like, that's how it's been working with Yutada. That's how it's been working because creating something for for, you know, for something is basically your it goes hand in hand. Exactly. So to speak because you because you know what to put in as the lyrics for Exactly. It. And even even the stand by me thing is a cover that they made specifically for Final Fantasy 15. You know, this was this was a this wasn't a cover Florence and the Machine was doing other apart from Final Fantasy 15. She was approached to do this cover. So, I think that helps it too. All right, Enchiro, uh can you take this last one? This last one is by Arcadia, and they write, "Do you think this series handles humor well?" Ah, oh, so that that it really pains me to say it, but I would say no. I don't think it does. I think Kingdom Hearts handles a lot of things well, and I think especially in like interpersonal relationships and talking about really heavy subjects in a very lighthearted way. I think Kingdom Hearts handles that perfectly, like separation, loss, all those sorts of things. I think Kingdom Hearts handles that very, very well. But I think when it comes to humor, uh, it really pains me to say it, but no. Uh, So a lot of Kingdom Hearts humor, when I think of Kingdom Hearts humor, I think of Sora coming on screen and making a funny face. Like in Kingdom Hearts 1 (laughs) or in Kingdom Hearts 2, and he squishes his face looking at Riku like this you know something like that like all these weird sort of slapstick humor like people really get down on dad humor but at least dad humor is at least a little intellectual this to me is like 
little kid humor, like something that'll make a five-year-old laugh, not something that will make me an adult laugh. Uh, I would say this, this to me feels like sort of like slapstick humor. It's very like, it's like a lower form of physical comedy. There's not really much thought that goes into it. It's just like, Hey, look at this. I'm doing something kind of weird. Isn't that funny guys? And to me, that doesn't work. Doesn't make me laugh. And a lot of times, it makes me cringe really hard. For example, like in Dream Drop Distance when Sora, spoiler, puts on this stupid uh, funny glasses with a mustache and a big nose. Like, where did that come from? That is so weird and out of place. I don't get that scene at all. I thought, I to me, honestly, I thought that was cute because, you know, it's like Riku just overcame one of the biggest battles of his life. Yeah. You know, save a friend. He wakes up from his sleep and then he sees Sora, you know, Donald and Goofy all talking and having a, a party. And when the first thing he says is, hey, and then Sora turns around, boom. He's like, you're not expecting that. I thought, I mean, like some people might not laugh. You know, to me, I thought it was... And some some people might think it's random, but I thought it was cute. I just wish you, it was not something that. that actually played into it a little more and like had some sort of like intellectual relation to the situation. Instead of having like them like over like you know cake and coffee, yes. like maybe it was maybe it was sword well, asking Donald and Gooby, oh how does this look or how does this look or maybe you know? like trying on different things or, or maybe he's just like riku just comes out of it and Sora's like lounging around being lazy <laughs> or something <laughs> like that or like maybe laying on a couch and shoving face cake in his face or something i don't know like that to me that kind of humor is really hard to do and do right and i think part of it is part of the reason why they have to resort to more physical humor is the language barrier because they do have to translate this and humor is really hard to translate and make funny at the same time and i don't know if it would really work so much uh to have like more uh like dialogue based humor in kingdom hearts i think it would be a lot harder because you have to translate it uh, I, I think uh, the only really good examples I can think of when it comes to like proper humor done in a video game that translated over well, and I it would be like Persona and uh, the Phoenix Wright series. I think those handle humor awesomely, but I think it's because the localizers actually pretty much have to throw out most of the script and write their own jokes because a lot of the jokes just don't translate. They they because they they deal with like specific japanese uh comedy and specific japanese things about society that only japanese people would get so they pretty much probably have to rewrite them for their new audience and uh, i don't know if that would really work with kingdom hearts because unlike kingdom hearts persona and ace attorney they're like visual novels where the visuals on screen don't really relate too much to the dialogue so they can get away with rewriting mm -hmm. the script and it would work fine because in the case of uh, Ace Attorney, for example, there's just a sprite on screen that sort of loops an animation of them talking. So they can, they can yeah. make it anything. There's no voice acting. So they can make the joke anything they want. But for Kingdom Hearts, there's full animation. So you would have to you you can't just make the joke a different joke and assume that it's going to work every time. So I see why they resort to it, but I think because of that, it, it does hurt it in the humor department. I think that, uh, I think Kingdom Hearts, you know, obviously uh, I've been doing this show for a long time, so obviously I must love it. I love Kingdom Hearts and I think it does great in so many respects, but in the humor department, I just, uh, a lot of times it just makes me cringe and I'm like, oh man. What are they doing this time? And the stuff I laugh at the most is probably like unintentional humor. Things that are unintentionally funny. Like in Kingdom Hearts 2, when Goofy gets hit in the head by the, uh, by the boulder. That I makes know you're going to bring that up. Soon. That <laughs> makes me laugh so hard because the animation just looks so ridiculous. And it's so out of nowhere, so random that like this scene just happens. Like Go They're having a scene. They're having like a, a normal action moment. And then out of nowhere... For seemingly no reason, Goofy gets bopped in the head, and it, and they're acting all dramatic about Goofy getting hit in the head. I'm like, what? Why are they doing this? What in the story constituted doing this? And they literally write it out of the plot, like 
five steps later because you know the next save point goofy's back goofy's fine yeah, they, they just wanted a quick dramatic moment because it was such a big yeah but then it then it goes uh, nowhere at all and it's like <laughs> that to me that to me makes me laugh it's like what what are they thinking well because like because well they set it up because like after he gets hit he's down for the count you know Sar marches in and then mickey finally decides he had enough and he throws his black coat and he summons his keyblade and then this is when you know Sora charges down the hill you know then then you get all the final fantasy characters yeah. joining them like it was just a setup for like one ju- one big action scene you know with Sora fighting alongside uh the final fantasy characters and Mickey finally getting tired of you know standing by and not doing anything finally gets on the action and it, it was to me that was just a big setup scene and even though they, they wrote, wrote it out so quickly. quick, it so just, I don't, I don't it was, it was buy. Just a I don't really, scene. I don't really buy that as an effective setup because they could have done anything that would actually have permanent consequences and kept going. But this, this is something that they have it right now, and then it means nothing. Like it would be kind of cool if maybe they knocked out Goofy and man, just Goofy's gone for a while now, and you have to. And Mickey's your new companion for a while. He re- he'll he replace Goofy while Goofy's recovering, and then Goofy will take over later. Like, that would have been interesting, you know, take over. But, yeah, that sort of thing to me, that's that's an example of something that makes me laugh out of unintentional humor. I'm like, man, what were they thinking? Like, they, they, they missed an opportunity. This is ridiculous. But, I don't know. So, uh, that pretty much wraps up our question segment for the music for this episode. We have a lovely remix of Dearly Beloved, and this comes from Arctic Empire on YouTube, so definitely check them out. Uh, this uh, arrangement is called Future Base Kingdom Hearts Dearly Beloved Leg Day Remix. So, if you know if it's Leg Day for you and you're working out, this this will be a good day, good thing for you because it's Leg Day, Leg Day Remix. All right, and so for our next Kingdom Hearts Union, our next Kingdom Hearts Union is scheduled for the third of May goodness april's almost over i guess and uh yeah and as we said before our next kingdom hearts union deep dive stream is this saturday april 23rd at 7 p.m eastern time uh you can catch us at on uh twitch so it's twitch tv slash kh union please follow us there so you can be notified anytime we go live and uh yeah as a reminder this saturday april 23rd 7 p.m we're playing through all of hollow bastion however long that takes. <laughs> mm-hmm. And uh, as always, you guys can subscribe to us uh, uh, to King- Final Fantasy and Kingdom Hearts Union on the iTunes store. Just search for Kingdom Hearts and we're number one. And yes. of course, you can catch every episode at KingdomHeartsUnion.com, YouTube.com slash KHUnionVids, or Kingdom Hearts Ultimania's Twitter, which is at KHUltimania. And as a reminder, if you guys like the show and you want to help us improve and you want to support the show, Please support us on Patreon at patreon.com slash FFKHUnion. And if you guys uh, want to submit questions for the show and we want, and if you want us to talk about the stuff you guys want us to talk about, please send your questions to KHUQuestions at gmail.com. All right, Cheryl. It's that time again. It's goodbye time. Wow. We made it. <laughs> Already? Yep. We but made no it. no worries because we have our deep dive stream coming soon, so... You won't be missing us too long. Nope. All right, so say your goodbyes. All right, bye, guys. Thanks for tuning in, and we'll catch you on the deep dive stream. And I'm Brandon saying goodbye. This has been a KingdomHeartsUnion.com production.
Thank you.